0: Amen. what a beautiful what a beautiful thing that when those that love God and those that God loves get together amen there's nothing more precious more powerful more beautiful than the church a true apostolic church a word of God church not a man-made church, not a religious entity, not a social gathering for religious pretenses, but I'm talking about according to God's Word, the church of the living God, the kind of church that we're having right now. There's nothing more beautiful. There's nothing more beautiful than the presence of the Lord, Amen that comes down as, oh my, Amen. As those that God loves gives him what he's looking for. Amen. There's a spiritual residue from the other night still lingering in this place. Father seeketh such to worship him. And and when you give God what he's looking for, he's gonna do something for you because he loves you. We're not here to earn the goodness of God. That can never happen. But he's that kind of God. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, amen. As you're standing this morning, turn with me please to Revelation, the third chapter, the last book of your Bible, book of Revelation, reading a few verses of Scripture here from the third chapter. Thank you, Pastor Carricker, for the opportunity and the liberty to obey the Holy Ghost, Thank you, church, for letting apostolic ministry happen. Again, God can only be as effective as He's allowed to be. Amen. If you're here today and uh, everyone in this place, there's no exceptions to what I'm about to say, uh, if you'll let God, He will work on your behalf. Amen. He really will. There's no one here that's got it all together no one here that has all the answers no one here that's got it made Paul said I haven't got it made the great apostle said I I don't count myself to have apprehended don't feel like I've got it all together but I am doing this I'm forgetting what's behind and I'm reaching forth to what's ahead and I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus amen I realize that There are those that are further down the road than others, but what matters is is that you're on your way. Amen. I want to make a very plain statement here and you'll understand it when I make it. Direction is very important. I've often said I would rather be somebody out of the church looking in than somebody in the church looking out. Because you just give it a few more days and the one that's in will be out and the one that's out will be in. Amen. I'd rather be pointed the right direction. Amen. And Maybe you're here today and you thought that when this service began you were headed the right direction but maybe now you're starting to wonder why don't you just let God determine your direction today. The Spirit of God begins to nudge you. What Don't don't fight against it. It was the Lord that spoke to the great apostle in the making. When At this moment, he was still Saul of Tarsus. He would become later the apostle Paul. But the Lord said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. That, that pricks was a little goad. It was what those that would uh, drive oxen, they would prick them. If they wanted them to turn to the left, They they would pull the reins that way and and prick them to the right. To, they would try to get away from them and Kick against that. I don't like that. I don't feel good. Amen. The Lord said, I'm trying to help turn you around. You've got a lot of zeal. You've got a lot of energy. You've got a lot of passion. But it's channeled in the wrong direction. If you'll take all of that and let me prick your conscience and prick your mind and prick your heart. I'll get you turned around. So I'm just I'm asking you humbly today don't don't feel like you've got it made and you have all the answers. Amen. I want your conscience and your spirit and your heart and your mind to be easily pricked. Amen. The Bible says in Acts the second chapter when they heard the gospel they were pricked in their heart. And they said, "What must we do?" Amen. That's the approach I want to have today. Even in Revelation 3, verse 14, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold nor, or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint Thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame and sat down with my Father in his throne, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Going back to verse 17 and 18, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. Amen. The Lord says you're, you're making some statements about yourself that aren't accurate you're not seeing the way you need to see the problem is is that you're not seeing the problem is is you're seeing wrong you're deceived but the Lord said I've got a solution I've got some salve for your eyes I've got an antidote. I've got some medicine for you. Amen. I, 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 I can't make it happen, but I'm letting you know it's available here. And if you'll make the application, amen, you'll start seeing things the way that you need to see them. With God's help today, just for a few moments, I want to preach about anointed eyes. Anointed eyes. Would you lift up your voice? Let's thank God for His holiness. Thank God for his goodness. Surely and truly the presence of the Lord is here today. the Lord. Amen. You may be seated today. Lord bless you. Perhaps we're not all as familiar with the second and third chapters of Revelation as we need to be. There's a quite involved backstory involved here. The Apostle John has been banished to a deserted island called Patmos. And he has been incarcerated and this is his method of imprisonment. He's not in a jail cell. He's not in a dungeon. He's not in a prison. But they have sailed him to this island where he is by himself to fend for himself to suffer alone. The Bible said that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Amen. He he said, you know what? If I was able to be where I wanted to be, I would be at church today. So I'm just going to try to have a little church here all by myself. And the Holy Ghost come down and revelation started to come and visions began to happen and he was instructed by God to write to these seven churches these were actual churches in actual locations I know there are as we see here today in our text there are very applicable spiritual applications but When this was uh, written, it was written to real people with real problems that went to real churches in real cities. There was a church at Ephesus. There was a church at Pergamos. There was a church at Thyatira. There was a church at Sardis. Uh, There was a church at Philadelphia. There was a church here in Laodicea. These seven uh, churches uh, that were established that preached the truth. They were not without their challenges, but God had a word for each and every one of these churches. The seventh church that is addressed, the church of the Laodiceans. It is typically viewed as the church with the greatest need, the church in need of the most Help! There were, as I said, uh, challenges for every church written to and admonitions for most of them. But Laodicea's problem, the church of the Laodiceans, uh, their biggest problem was uh, deception. It was not a uh, doctrinal deception. They believed uh, in Jesus' name. They believed uh, in the oneness of the Godhead. They believed in holiness uh, and separation. They believed in a lot of things that comprise what we call uh, the truth. But Laodicea's problem was is that they did uh, not recognize uh, their urgent need uh, for help. Laodicea was perhaps an affluent community. There were probably very few poor people in town, much less in the church. And, and they said about themselves, we are rich. We're increased with goods and we have need uh, of nothing. We've got it together. I don't need anything. And the Lord said, you, you don't even know how you really are. You, you, you're, you're basing uh, your spiritual success on your physical and natural affluence. You've got money in the bank, but there's, there's more to life than your bankroll. You've got a cushy retirement plan, but there's something more important uh, than your 401K. You've got job security and dependable transportation and nice clothes, but there's something more important, folks. Uh, You don't even know that you Laodiceans are poor and wretched and blind and naked. Everything that you say you are, you're not. You're in tremendous need. You're in desperate need. You're in urgent need. Their need is manifested a few verses later by the words of the Lord. As he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. What he's saying was, this is how bad off you are. I'm not even in your house. I'm on the outside uh, trying to get in but you're on the inside saying uh, we got it made. Uh, We got it together. Uh, There's nothing that we need. Uh, The Lord said I'm not just going to accuse you. I'm not just going to to uh, chastise you, uh, as many as I love, I I chasten. I am manifesting my love for you today. But you hear me, my word. Uh, I've not just come uh, to look stern at you. Uh, I've not come with just correction uh, and just admonition uh, and just chastisement. Uh, but I have come with a solution. I've not come to say you're deceived and that is all I'm saying. I've come to say I've got revelation that will cure your deception. He said, I've got something that you need, and I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich. You say you're rich, but you're really poor. But if you'll take what I've got, you'll have true riches. You say you're clothed and have need of nothing, but if you buy of me white raiment that you may be clothed, your nakedness will be covered, and you will be what you say you really are. Oh, hallelujah. And he said, and anoint thine eyes. Somebody shout anointed eyes. He said, Laodicea, I love you. You got a lot going for you. You've, obviously, you've got good work ethic. You've got good raising. You've got a good foundation. But somehow or another, in spite of all your positive attributes, you started seeing things in a way that they ought not to be seen. But I've got some eyes, have. Oh, I'm preaching about anointed eyes today. I'm preaching to people that God loves you enough to say you're looking at things the wrong way. You're seeing yourself in a way you ought not to see yourself. You're not as good off as you think you are. But if you'll let me, you'll be even better off when I'm done than you think you are right now. I feel the Lord in this house. Let's love him together. Oh, I feel this burning in my soul. Hey, Amen. If what I'm feeling is accurate, you're feeling. Huh? Hey, Amen. The word of God come alive. You're feeling that anointed. Huh? Amen. Confirmation of the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Jesus often spoke his words in parables. He would tell stories and they're really not that hard to understand. If you could not understand what Jesus was saying, it's because you really didn't want to understand. His words were not complicated. His precepts and concepts were not difficult to comprehend. I mean, he told stories about a sower that went forth to sow and the the seed fell on different kinds of ground and depending on what kind of ground it fell on uh, determined the success of that planting. Talked about merchant men that went and found a treasure and did everything they could to possess that treasure. And he told stories about a man that fell among thieves and he was beaten and left for dead. But here comes a man. It meant when the religious folks would walk right on by, here comes a Samaritan that took time to dress his wounds and put him on his own donkey and carry him to town and put him in an inn. That's not hard to comprehend. his disciples ask him, Lord, this is Matthew 13, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you, why do you, just, why do you tell stories? Why don't you just come out and say what you're trying to Why, why do you got to make it a story? Why do you got to speak in a parable? And he says, because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now, that's not God playing favorites. That's not God excluding people. Amen, what we read in the words of Jesus Christ uh, as this narrative unfolds, uh, it's because people had excluded themselves. Amen, the King James reads in Matthew 13 and 12, uh, for whosoever hath uh, to him shall be given. And he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not uh, from him shall be taken away uh, even uh, that he hath. In our, our, our Western mentality and our simplistic human minds, uh, we read this English language and we're saying, Amen, how can something be taken away from somebody that don't have it? To him that hath, he shall have more. Uh, To him that hath not, from him shall be taken, even that he hath. Well, does he have it or not? It meant perhaps uh, a different version would bring a better light uh, to us. The Amplified Version reads, for whosoever has spiritual wisdom, because he is receptive uh, to God's word, to him that hath shall be given. To him more will be given and he will be richly and abundantly supplied. But whosoever does not have spiritual wisdom because he has devalued God's word, he that hath not, even what he has will be taken away from him what I'm preaching and what you're hearing today is that you will see what you want to see. If you want to understand, you will. All right. It's not about your standing and your status. It's not about where you think you are. It's about where you really are. Laodiceans, you're deceived. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not casting dispersions on this church. Oftentimes when Laodicea is preached about, it means that the church that's here and it's got big problems. That's not the issue. The case today is individual. I, I want to see the way God sees. And God's vision is available to anybody that wants to receive it. He said, I've got some eyes out but I'm not going to put you in a headlock and rub your eyes with eye salve. You have got to anoint your eyes with the antidote. You've got to want truth enough to make the application. Whoa. Man, I know you think you've got it made. I know you think you've dotted your I's and crossed your T's. I know you think because of your religious status, amen, you're the expert. But I'm telling you, you're not as far down the road as you think you are. You're not in as good a shape as you think you are. Come on, I want to preach my heart right now. In Acts, the second chapter, those that were being preached to were religious people. Are you hearing this evangelist right now? Amen. They were in Jerusalem to celebrate a religious holiday. These were devoted religious folks. These were people that were from foreign countries that they were so devoted that they took the long trip to come to Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost at Jerusalem. These were not novices. These were not newbies. These were not wannabes. These were religious devotees. they believed in one God. they were Jewish, they were Hebrew. hero oh, Israel the Lord our God was one is one Lord. That's how they was raised. They believed in separation from the world. The Jews dressed and acted and lived differently than any other race of people in the world. These were not pagans, these were not idol worshipers. These were not demon-possessed people. These were not addicts. These were folks that had their act together. They had work. They they, they had enough money and savings to pay for their vacation to Jerusalem. I'm telling you, these were good people. and They heard truth preached. Truth, the truth that said what you have is truth, but now there's more truth available. The law is not faulty, but now the law through Jesus Christ has been fulfilled. And now if you are just content and satisfied with what's been enough all this time, you're going to be lost because now it's not enough. These are the kind of people that were in Jerusalem. Man, these were people, some of them, that cried crucify him in response to the trial of Jesus Christ. And they heard about Jesus being Messiah. Peter didn't preach, he's a second person uh, of a fictitious Trinity. There's no Trinity uh, for him to be the second person of. There is not a Trinity. Hear, O oh Israel, the Lord our God is one. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who's above all, through all, and in you all. Come on. He's Father in creation. He's Son in redemption. He's the Holy Ghost in salvation. Above all as Father, through all as Son, in you all as the Spirit. Maybe that's not the concept of truth that you have, but I'm telling you there's some eye have that God has for you that you can see what God wants you to see. But I'm telling you, you'll never be seen if you don't want to see it. Let's lift our hands. I'm trying to hurry right now. Oh, my Lord, I feel the word of God in my mouth. God's got plans for you. God loves you enough to not leave you alone in your religion. God loves you enough to say, hey, sis, hey, bro, man, you got a lot going for you. You got a lot on the ball. Man, but I love you like I love Saul of Tarsus. I loved him enough even to shine the light on his life. I loved him enough to send my word to him. Do you love me enough to receive the word that I send? Let's pray again. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 One commentator writes about the eye salve and the anointing of the eyes. He puts his words on what the Lord was saying and this is how he puts it. Pray for that you may receive the enlightening influences of my spirit. You may be convinced of your true state and see where your help lies. Because that's really the gist of my burden today. God says to Laodicea, You're not seeing right, but that's not all I'm saying. I've got something to fix it. I said, I've got something to fix poor eyesight, I've got something to cure deception. And religious satisfaction. I wonder how many thousands of people uh, in Hutchinson, Kansas uh, are in church right now. Amen. They've either been to church uh, or at church uh, or go to church later. Thousands uh, of the population of Hutchinson, Kansas. Uh, come on, this is middle America. This is God fearing America. This is Bible Belt America. This is in God we trust America. This is the heartland. This is Kansas, y'all. There's thousands of people in Hutchinson uh, that go to church. Uh, Thousands of people that sing hymns. Uh, Thousands of people that pray prayer. But I'm telling you, you know, uh, if you don't recognize what you feel right now, uh, they're not seeing what they need to see amen they're honest hearted people some of them are doing what they're doing because that's all they know amen but God says I love you enough to order your steps and bring you to an apostolic church where they won't just pat you on the back We're not in competition. We're not trying to be holier than anybody. We're just trying to be like Jesus. And if there's something in me that keeps me from being like Jesus, I want to see it. But if I shall gets placed on my eyes, it's me that's going to put it there. I've got to want it enough to do something about it. come on amen there's enlightenment of my spirit this is not just about physical vision this is a spiritual sight this is the heart of the issue this is the how about your soul today prophetic utterance spoken by Isaiah Isaiah and read from Isaiah's prophecy by Jesus Christ in the synagogue that day includes the recovering of sight to the blind. It's part of my job description: is to cure blindness. Well, brother Waldrop, I've got, I, 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 I've got twenty-twenty vision. I, I've got, I need glasses. I've got corrective lenses. This is not about physical sight, this is about spiritual insight and understanding. This is about what Paul would write to the church at Ephesus about. It meant that the Lord would give a spirit to say a spirit, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. It meant you may be physically blind, but you can have spiritual sight. Amen, spiritual vision spiritual understanding spiritual revelation is far more important than any physical vision could ever be and Paul said you're a church you're people of God but I've got a prayer that I pray for you when I pray for the church at Ephesus I pray for their vision I pray that God would anoint their eyes I pray that a spirit a spirit A spirit of wisdom, a spirit of revelation would come upon them that you would see, that you would know, that you would understand, that you would comprehend reason why you're feeling those tears right now, the reason why you're feeling that pricking in your soul right now is that the Spirit of God has come to confirm his word. The Holy Ghost is saying amen to the spoken word of God. I feel divine utterance in my mouth. Amen, I'm not a know-it-all, but I know what I feel my wife can testify she recognizes the difference when I'm just preaching and when God is putting his word in my mouth and it's happening right now please don't be satisfied with where you are please don't be content in your religious station please dear God please there's I for your eyes pray somebody come on God has come to deliver from deception I'm not preaching you're a bad person I'm not preaching you're a minister society I'm Preach, you got a good heart, uh, you got sincere motives, uh, but God has more of Himself uh, for you than you realize. The Spirit of the Lord Jesus read from Isaiah's prophecies upon me. He's anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. Opening of the prison to them that are bruised. To heal the brokenhearted, the Recovering of sight to the blind. I've got eyesalve. Oh. Paul stood before King Agrippa. Testifying of his experience with God. He said, Agrippa, I've been faithful to the heavenly vision. I am what I am and I am where I am because of what God told me that day when that light shined and that voice spoke. And I I mean, it's not hard to understand. It's a light shining from heaven and it's a Hebrew voice from the heavens. I think I might know who that is. I mean, if it's a light strong enough to knock me off of my donkey. And I hear a Old Testament voice from the language of Abraham telling me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I think I might know that that's God talking to me. Lord, I've got a question for you. Who are you? That voice from heaven in the Hebrew tongue said, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. He said, I've got a work for you. You're still Saul, but you're about to be Paul. Paul. Hallelujah. Amen, Agrippa. There's things that the Lord told me. He said, I'm going to deliver you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I'm sending you. Amen, Paul. This is why we're having this conversation. Saul, uh, this is why I knocked you off your donkey. This is why I declared my identity. Uh, This is why I answered you the way I have. uh, To open their eyes. To open their eyes. Eyes to open their eyes and to turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul, I'm sending you to the Gentiles so they can see the truth. I've blinded you physically so I could awaken you spiritually. I'll open up your eyes and you'll see physically in a few days, but you'll never see spiritually the way you've seen before. And that same man that got his eyes open would write of others. I'm praying that God would open your eyes and that a spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Does anybody feel the tug of the Holy Ghost on your soul right now? Let's pray together. Praise God. Come on, let's join together right now. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. There's a lot of things that this evangelist could have preached this morning. Amen. I've got over 500 evangelistic messages on my iPad. But in prayer this morning, God says none of them will do for what I need to say. Somebody's going to be there today that needs to understand they're not seeing things the way they need to see them. So I'm going to put a fresh word in the mouth of an evangelist. Amen. I'm going to give him a sermon he's never preached. He's to preach because somebody whose heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs their steps somebody uh, that's satisfied, Uh, somebody uh, that has a lot of answers, Uh, somebody uh, that has a degree of truth uh, is gonna be at Apostolic Faith Tabernacle this morning uh, and they need to know. They see a lot of things, uh, but there's more for them to see than what they've ever seen before. Stand and lift your hands in God's presence. Come on, from sincere hearts. I'm asking everybody to participate in prayer right now. Jesus, don't leave me alone. Jesus, don't leave me alone. Jesus, don't leave me alone. alone. Jesus don't ever let me be satisfied don't ever let me stop pursuing God if I got to be pricked again please don't keep the prick away Lord if I'm getting too comfortable please don't leave me alone come on God's looking for a heart of sincerity right now you're not an enemy of God but he wants to be more of a friend than you've ever had before hallelujah hallelujah these altars are open for somebody that wants to see the way God wants you to see I wouldn't stay in that pew if I was you I wouldn't talk myself out of more of God if I was you. I'd get to this altar as fast as I could. I'd make room. I said I'd make room. I'd make room in my soul for more of God. Oh, come on, facilitate God's will for your life. Anoint thine eyes with thy salve that thou mayest see. I know you don't see it that way right now. Come on, please, please, if you're not seeing things the way God sees them, You're not seeing right. I want to see right, God. Lord, I know you will not oppose your will or impose your will on my life. But I don't want to oppose your will for my life.